Just shoot it already. I want a clear shot. What? What was that? Do you hear? Yeah, you burst. Welcome to the We're Alive Fancast. This is Mick. This is Redbeard. And today we had a uh, finally part one of chapter 37 after uh, many long months of waiting. Very, very long time. Seemed like it. <laughs> but uh, hey, real quick, um, just want to give a spoiler warning. If you haven't heard today's, which was Monday, if you haven't heard um, part one of chapter 37, then you're going to want to turn this off now because we're going to be talking about spoilers and all kinds of stuff that happened in that episode. So listen to that first before you come here and listen to us cover it. Okay. okay. I didn't know if you had anything about that. <laughs> no, no, that's good. And also, uh, just so you guys, if, if this is the first show you're hearing, you didn't listen to the preseason stuff, this is uh, this We're Live Fancast is going to cover each episode as they come out of We're Live Season 4. And uh, our shows are scheduled to come out Thursday. If we can get them out, if I can get them out earlier than that, I'll certainly try to do that. But uh, right now we're scheduled to get a new We're Live Fancast show every Thursday after a Monday release. Off weeks, probably won't have a show unless something special comes up. And the other thing I wanted to share, if you didn't hear it in the uh, other intro, is that this is going to be kid-friendly, which basically means we're just not going to have any uh, no cuss words or anything that you might not want your kids to hear. So if you want to play it around them, it's fine. Any kind of uh, themes that we don't, that we think kids might not need to listen to, we'll try to Put those things in advance. Let you or let you guys know in advance if we're going to be covering those. Within reason. I mean, it is a zombie show. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, if you don't want them to hear violence, probably, you know, it's probably in the show to listen to with them. But all right, and that's all I had for introductions. Okay. Uh, just a reminder: if you guys are looking for us, you can find us at mickred.com. That's m-i-c-k-r-e-d.com. Yeah, and you can follow us on Twitter also at WAFANCAST. And pretty active on there. I've got a lot of people talking about theories, predictions, you know, just having some fun back and forth. Yeah, it's been it's been awesome. I'm I'm I really love the World Live community. I mean, there's just so many people that are really into it as much as we are. Yeah, we're having a great time. So I guess we can just go ahead and jump into it. Yeah, I'm ready. All right. Uh, this this episode is covering Season 4, Chapter 37, Episode 1, Balance of Power. The episode starts with the sound of a helicopter and Michael repeating what he had said in the first part of Chapter 1. We get right into it with hunting zombies from a helicopter. And I just want to mention right here, it's so awesome. <laughs> it's like the uh, in Texas they do the hog hunting from the helicopters. Yes. <laughs> Yes, I never thought we would have, you know, this sort of action. I don't know. What a way to start the, the new series, the, the new uh, season out. I was pumped. Definitely. <laughs> <laughs> uh, 
In the helicopter, we've got Muldoon and Robbins. In the vehicles, they are confirming the kills and finishing off the runners. Uh, Puck and Carl Thomas confirm a kill on uh, the numbered zombies, number 11, and put another round to its head just to make sure. Victor, Michael, and Saul finish off number one, which wasn't dead yet, but not before the zombie spoke, which we'll talk about more in a minute. Upon finishing, they confirmed that the area is clear from the helicopter and Bert confirmed from the watchtower. And then begins the old theme song done in a violin, which was really eerie. We find out there wasn't a time jump from the last season and that hours after the helicopter from Fort Irwin landed at the end of season three, another attack came. About a wave of 30 attacked the back gate, which included two numbered zombies, the little ones, inked, whatever you're calling them. And those were uh, number 11 and number one. Entering the colony, we hear Datu pushing on the gate and the line that has already been a big topic, Datu fix. (laughs) (laughs) We find out that they have already assessed and cleared the colony to make it safe for the occupants. We start to uh, talk about the rules of the colony and they start questioning who's in charge. Victor says the colony may not be happy with Michael considering the way he left, the way he and Victor left. The military guys said they would follow Michael regardless. See, about this time, nighttime is falling. So nighttime is falling. Saul mentions that there is another 50 cal back at Dunbar, the apartment complex that CJ had. They established that the colony has food left over from the maulers, so that shouldn't be an issue for a little while. Around this time, Michael ordered the soldiers from Fort Irwin to post security around the uh, the colony. Bert is weak, injured, and frail, and is carried by Michael to the infirmary. The infirmary is trashed, lacking supplies, and is in disarray. We find out that there is still a chance that Hope can see when Tanya tells her not to peek under her badges or bandages. Amy, a woman badges. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. Amy, a woman in the infirmary, started to turn from the gashes. A number one uh, scratched into her with its nails. But instead of allowing Michael to put down her with a pistol, Tanya euthanized her with drugs. Ooh, nice use of words. <laughs> Once again, Michael falls asleep without realizing how long it had been, only to awake at the sound of CGA screaming in severe pain with a mouth of a sailor. Tanya says no more drugs can be given and alcohol will make it worse. So Michael is going to make a batch of ether, like what they used on the zombies earlier on in the uh, series. And that's kind of where they left off. Yeah. Uh, were you going to say the thing about amputation? Uh, I figured we would talk about it here in a second. Oh, okay. okay. I didn't know how far to go into each subject because it is just the synopsis. Yeah. All right. Oh, my bad. <laughs> well, anyways, uh, Redbeard, that was, that was a great synopsis. And when it's my turn, I hope nobody's expecting it to be that well done. <laughs> that, was, uh, that covered everything. Awesome, thank you. But I, uh, 
I can't remember any time they've done a cold opening before. I hadn't thought about it. And actually, I just, I'm trying to be smart because I learned what a cold opening was earlier this year, which is basically when you start a show or something before the theme song. But anyways, it, I'm dumb. So that, I want to I want to say they have done it, but I couldn't remember an instance where they had because it took me by surprise too. It was great, and then they had you know, like you said, the violins coming in after that, which was a welcome. I'm not sure if they're gonna do that every show after this, but it sounded it really sounded great for this one. Well, you know, uh, last season they changed up the theme a little bit to something com- not completely different, but different. Right. Yeah. So, it was a little different. Going back to the original theme song, but done in piano or not not done in piano, done in violin was an interesting take. Yeah, it was good. So we had uh, uh, just starting out, they had some helicopter and truck action. There was kind of kind of a uh, two different attacks going on at once. And where where was Michael? Was Michael in the truck, or was he like watching from the wall, or? Well, there were two vehicles, and he was in one okay. of them. Okay, that clears it up for me. And, and yeah, but Saul so, and him met at some point. Well, that's I was trying to follow this, and it looked like um, where do I have my notes? Okay, so Victor, Saul, and Michael were in one vehicle. And um, I know I have it in my notes. Oh, okay, here it is. Puck and Carl Thomas are in another vehicle. Victor Saul and Datu, and and Victor because no, Michael Saul and Datu. Michael Saul and uh, Victor are in one vehicle, and Puck and Thomas are in another one. Because Puck and Thomas confirmed the kill on number eleven. And Victor, Michael, and Saul arrive to check on number one. Okay. I don't know why I'm thinking Datu was there whenever they killed number one. I think he was at the colony the entire time. Okay, yeah, he's probably back there working. Maybe I'm getting... uh, I'm going to have to cut this whole part out because I can't sound like that bad of an idiot thinking Datu was there. (laughs) (laughs) No, it's all good. Okay, so... Let me, where was I? You said, you said Michael was wherever. And then... Let's see. Okay, and action. Okay, so what... You know, we talked about where Michael was and all that. So whenever Michael and Saul and Victor are there to kill number one, uh, he begins to make... Number one begins to make some noises. They thought he was dead... They thought the helicopter got him, but you know he wasn't dead. So we we got an email from um, someone who goes by Doofus Monkey on the forums, and his email said, "The zombie says we're alive before it dies." Yeah, I was kind of curious about that or too. Before I, it I... says die, and then he says, "My own son won't back me up. He's probably just upset that I make him listen to PG thirteen edits that I make of the show." <laughs> <laughs> which I think is really cool. I've been wanting to do that. So Doofus Monkey hit me up on the forums. Um, I was at the beginning of that thread. So if you could, if you got those saved, I would like a copy of them. Yeah, and he's uh, Mr. Redbeard on there. And I don't know, maybe there could be like a little 
wiki or a share of people that want to do that. I'm sure they all aren't y'all aren't the only two, but I've edited a few episodes myself to allow my son to listen to those and it's very time consuming. So if there's someone else out there doing it already, you know, share the love. And get a little rotation going. But I have to say that when I first listened to it, and I got kind of crazy because I have 7.1 headphones for my Xbox, and I downloaded it on the computer. I put it in the playlist to listen to it on the Xbox, and I was listening to it, and I was like, Is he, did he just say, we're alive? And then I heard him say, die, obviously. But uh, I'm going to go ahead and play that right here. And uh, just listen to it one more time. And I got to say, after I listened to it a few times, I'm sad to say that I don't think he said we're alive. I think he said something that we were supposed to think may sound like we're alive or kind of throw us off, make us think that. Well, did you listen to the amplified version that I sent you? Yeah, I did. Because this sounds like he says alive. He doesn't say we're alive, but it sounds like he says alive before saying die. Uh, yeah, I'm not sure. Me, I want him to be saying that, but I think he it's saying I think it's a two syllable something, but it sounds more like something else. And then the first part is definitely not we're. I didn't think. No, but, but it, there's one little clip in there. It just sounds like it's a, it says alive. Oh yeah, the and, clip that I just played that we didn't hear, but I'm gonna play is just that. It's just that one piece of it. So, the jury's out on that one, but we'll yeah. see. You know, what do you the, guys uh, think? Yeah, I mean, you you just heard it. Let us know. Tweet us, yeah. email. You know, which doctor on the forums thought it, it, it said it too, and Kalima said it too, but there's several people saying no, it doesn't. He, they, yeah. they, the, the mass majority says that he says die three times. He definitely says die at the end. Oh, I don't yeah. think he says die whenever we think he's saying we're alive, but so anyways. I, thought, I wanted to bring this up because this was I forget who said it on the forums and I'm sorry, but they were talking about if the little ones were infants or you know non-speaking children. Did the pin you know did the pinstripe suit man? sing lullabies and <laughs> teach him how to speak with phonics. It was just, right. it was the most bizarre picture in my head and it, it made me laugh. Yeah. Okay. okay. Since they were like, you know, grown. Ooh. <laughs> yeah. How did they learn how to talk? And at some point I have to go back and listen to the episodes involving the hospital in the basement because there, there's more to it in there than what I think is being discussed right now. And I think it's important. Yeah, I think before next week I'll probably have listened to those again. Cool, me too. But, uh, okay, moving on. The dynamic with the truck and the helicopter, I mean, the sound effects and the way they did that was great. I had I had a little trouble following it, and I don't know how they could have made it any better other than some narration, which some people would say, oh, just, let it, just, just tell the story with a little bit of action. I mean, it was it was excellent and good enough that I could just, you know, understand that, yeah, we're flying around and driving around and blowing stuff up. <laughs> yeah, it was kind of hard to figure out who was where and when until I listened to it and listened to it again. Yep. 
And but just, you know, mm-hmm. it's a lot of it's a lot of characters right now coming right back into a fresh season. So it, it'll we'll get used to their voices yeah, again. We'll get spun up. That's right. That's right. You ready to go uh, on to walking through the colony? Sure. Okay, so we have we have an established passage of time. We were wondering, you know, last week whether or not it was going to be a couple of hours. And the, well, actually, I was wondering if it was going to be a couple of months, or would it pick up right afterwards? And looks like it picked up right afterwards. Michael said this attack uh, started just about two hours after he arrived there. And I thought that was incredible because I, I was going to be disappointed to a degree if there were like several months passed. Yeah, definitely. And let's see, I was wondering if, you know, it was going to start out and we heard a baby crying or something. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Saul Jr. <laughs> Saul Jr. <laughs> you know, and one of the, the first things they talk about was who's going to be in charge of this. Yeah. And one of the things that I did, I kind of forgot about or just wasn't thinking about was how Michael and Victor left the colony originally and just kind of left them hanging with little ammo and resources left. Oh, you know, Victor's saying some of the colonists are going to be sore towards them and probably wouldn't be the best choice for a leader. That's right. He said people around here tend not to forget. And he's talking about their exit, Michael and Victor's exit from the colony in season two. I mean, they pillaged the weapons. Didn't Tanya take some medicine with her? Yeah. And left them in the middle of a zombie attack. And then uh, shortly after, the Maulers and showed an upri- up. And there was an uprising, which I'm sure got pinned on them somehow, too. Oh, yeah. Well, they yeah, they blamed them for what happened. Mm-hmm. Because that nobody else knew. It was only the people trying to do the uprising. Now, they said whenever... Uh, they were wanting to bring the dead body back, I guess, to burn it. And they said they made him leave it at the gate. Do you remember that? Yes, that's episode? when they started talking about the rules. Right, but do you think uh, they have somebody there manning the gate, just like the gatekeeper? I'm going to assume that it's gatekeeper. I'm going to assume it's gatekeeper in charge at the moment of just maintaining order. And let's see. I, I guess they're just in flux because the Maulers just, I mean, that day the Maulers were kicked out. So right. I, I most see, of them I see were what dead. you're saying. Right. A lot of them, probably most of them. I, I know there's not a single Mauler left alive in the colony. Okay. So we established who might be in charge of the gate, which is Gatekeeper. And they're talking about clearing and securing the colony and what resources are left. So, you know, they're talking about the gate being on its last leg and they don't know what to do about it. And Michael puts out his awesome little command, dot to fix. Dot to fix. That's right. That that might fit on a license plate. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it'd be a great uh, mechanic, uh, auto mechanic shop name. Yes, tattoo fix. Tattoo fix. It, it'll hang somewhere in the colony eventually. <laughs> Got yeah. 
I almost said got to, but because that rhymed too much with dot to, I stopped myself. <laughs> <laughs> got to do that. So that was a little odd. I guess they're, just, you know, Michael's so used to Datu running around fixing things. Maybe that it's just a comfort level thing. I don't know. Yep, he can fix anything. Love Datu. <laughs> so we were talking about Michael in the preseason show and his emotional, you know, I was talking about his emotional disconnection with people. Mm-hmm. And I thought he started out that way, too, as, you know, Michael's still all business, you know, in the very beginning. But when Bert seems to be weak, he carries him over to the hospital or the infirmary. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, I guess he's got some compassion still in there. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think he's a good dude. And I don't. They give him such grief. Bert was telling him, you know, uh, you know, where did you get all nice and what crawled out of someplace? And I'm just <laughs> like, <laughs> he was just trying to help the people and run things back then. Why was he a jerk? I don't know. I don't know. Or why do they think he was such a jerk? Yeah. Well, it's... I guess the rules. Nobody likes rules. Well, Victor right on the wall. Yeah, Victor came into it at a weird time when Michael was having to be really strict with the rules, and he had people like Kelly really challenging him. And rules is rules. Yeah, so I think that's where part of it comes from. But Michael's already got social issues, so mm-hmm. <laughs> it is what it is. <laughs> he cannot commit. That's for sure. <laughs> I'm not going to disagree there. I hope he does. This season. I think <laughs> yeah, we got a little too. side wager on that that we haven't discussed quite fleshed it out yet. <laughs> so let's see, do you want to talk about Michael and the infirmary and the woman? Amy? Definitely. Definitely do. But before we get there, real quick, we got some resources at the col- at the colony. You're talking about the wall. They're trying oh. to rebuild the wall. We've got some trucks with stinking 50 cows, that's awesome. We've got helicopter with over half a tank of gas, which must be a lot since they got from Fort Irwin to the colony on that, on less than a half a tank of gas, and then yeah. did a combat mission. <laughs> so they've got that. Uh, they've got Cody, which... Um, it's pretty awesome. That's that little thing they can place out and have attract zombies and then blow C4 up. I have a feeling that's going to be a finale tool. Oh, yeah, yeah. I I would like to see that used a couple more times, at least once. Well, it's got to. I'm, a, I'm hoping they're able to use it before detonating the C4 because it's kind of a one-and-done one thing, isn't it? No. Uh, well, I... <laughs> Because it's, it's got C4 in it. It does, but it's not one and done. I was I, I saw on the forum somewhere that somebody posted. I think uh, it was Nick Voodoo posted that he had said it was one and done, but then he corrected himself and said it was not one and done. And I, I don't know exactly how it all worked, but I want to go with what he said. Because I thought when they first introduced Cody, they set off C4 near it, and it was in its blast range. When they talked about it this time, the C4 was actually inside Cody. Or maybe that's the payload that Cody delivers. 
Right. I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Yeah. They should. They'll definitely use it. They can't show a weapon and not use it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's rules. And, and you know, Cody was good for the slow kind of stupid zombies. These zombies have leadership in place, so it, it's going to have to be utilized differently. Mm-hmm. Maybe it'll just be a little side attack they'll have to as a distraction as they go up against the war, the harder threats. Yeah. So you're talking about supplies, and I figured that'd be a good time to talk about. You know, they said that there's another 50 cal at uh, Dunbar Apartments, as well as other food and medical supplies. And I'm hoping that they get the information that sh- that CJ has stored there. Oh yeah, she has a like an encyclopedia of junk. Yeah. She's got files on people. She's got. The rundown on everything. Mm-hmm. So I'm hoping that when they go to Dunbar and come back, that's when a lot of that knowledge sharing starts to happen. That's right. That's right. You ready to move on to the hospital? Sure. So Tanya's in there. She's working 12 beds that are full, and I guess Bert's propped up on something else because I thought he said that all the beds were taken. Yeah, they were talking about him being dehydrated. But he could still drink water, so they didn't bother with an IV. Right. And then we get, you know, get to hear from Hope, who can maybe see, you know, don't peek under your bandage. I heard that, and I was like, oh, yeah, she had the possible uh, surgery in Boulder. Yeah, I'm really curious to see how that all turns out. I'm hoping that she can play a useful role in the infirmary, because right now, I mean, it's, Kind of Saul, he has combat medic experience, and then you got Tanya, which is her her background. She's a, a veterinarian, so I'm hoping that they can train Hope a little bit more and use some more of the equipment in there because I know they have the ultrasound machine and some other stuff that was left behind by the Maulers. Right, and uh, we get to meet a new a new character, Amy. And when I first heard Amy, I, I was thinking, I better take notes on this. You know, we're having a first appearance. This could be somebody <laughs> that's going to be making a big contribution to this season. And she's got some scratches on her legs. You know, she said a little one didn't bite her. Then she starts, things don't start going a little bit south for her. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. She starts to turn. They talk about her eyes clouding over. Mm, that's right. And so I'm like, oh, no. And then Michael, he's he's just ready to take care of it and do you know what needs to be done right there, right then. And I'm I'm with when I'm thinking as that's what's going on. I'm kind of with him, especially if she would turn into one like a little one. Mm-hmm. What do you think? I that's what's always been done. This mm-hmm. one left me feeling kind of yeah, you know, because they're it they're. Using euthanasia, they're basically euthanizing her with other drugs. And I just have to wonder what's in this cocktail because wouldn't there be a chance that those drugs could be used for something else? It sounds like they have oh. ammo at the moment, you know? That's so right. why not? I see what you're saying. I That's a really good point. I was going with a different take on. Uh, didn't she if she's gonna die without a brain injury and she's infected, yes. is she gonna come back? I thought the same thing. 
and I saw it brought up on the forums. Mm-hmm. What this, and what this Cabbage Patch on the forums pointed out that in chapter 36, when one of the little ones attacked Victor, he stabbed it in the eye with that the uh, suicide syringe and done. Killed him. That's right. So Okay, so that's, I mean, I guess brain injury is not uh, completely necessary and we're alive. You know, something I have to keep r- reminding myself when I listen to these is that these zombies are different. They actually do have blood flowing through them. If they bleed enough, they will die. And that was kind of established with CJ when she hacked one up with a with a sword. <laughs> you you talked about in the synopsis, Michael falls asleep, then wakes up to CJ screaming. She has, if you don't remember from the at the end of last season, she was stabbed pretty badly by Scratch in their little fight. Oh, okay. Yeah. So she was stabbed in her leg, and then it it. It cut her femoral artery, and this is uh, bad news because they've had a tourniquet on on that leg for quite a while. So Tanya is saying that it is at the point of no return that that leg is going to have to go. Yeah, that's uh, really unfortunate. <laughs> yes, that is so bad. Mm. So, and it's also important to point out that. She's already had as much pain medicine as her body can take. You know, Saul offers up alcohol, but Tanya says that'll only make it worse with the bleeding. Right. And Michael brings up the idea of making chloroform um, chloroform to put her to sleep while they do it. I thought they were about to give out the recipe to chloroform. (laughs) I thought they were too. (laughs) My inner Mythbuster said... Mythbusters wouldn't do that. <laughs> not that this is anything like that. Well, not that you couldn't go on the internet and search for it anyways. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I'm sure you could. I'd be scared too. Uh, yeah, I wouldn't want to mess with it. You can easily kill someone with it, which was the concern that Saul had because they had done it before and Lizzie got kind of downwind of it. Yeah, way to bring us back around, by the way. <laughs> Didn't let us go out too far that time. (laughs) So, you know, Saul's pretty concerned. Tanya says, there's not really any other option. It's the best one they have. And then we have the dreaded silence, which is followed up by the We're Live music. And dang it, we got to wait another week. Return next week. (laughs) You know, and... Again, when they were talking in the uh, infirmary, they were talking about sustainability still an issue. They're, you know, they're probably going to have to raid other locations. They're going to have to go back to Dunbar. And it, during one of these missions to go out and possibly back to the hospital or the mental institution, um, this is where they're probably going to run into scratch in some of the maulers again. Right, as they're going out and doing the loot runs and trying to get all that stuff. Right. That, that That's kind of what I foresee happening, but who knows. Mm-hmm. Let's see. So what did you think about the album art for this show? <laughs> that was awesome. Well, let, let me, I don't have a big take on it, so I'll go first. I think you might have something. Okay. Oh, wait, so we've got what looks like a guy in soldier's green. 
laid out, uh, and it has a bunch of shells surrounding them. And there's a sign that says Liberty Park this way, which is where the colony is. And there's some burned out buildings here and there. And what what do you take from that? I think it's very. I think it foreshadows the death of one of the guys from Fort Irwin. I think it's probably going to be Puck, Thomas, Muldoon, or what's the other guy's name? Carl. Well, that's Thomas. That's Carl Thomas. Oh, okay. I just wanted to say Carl like that. I meant to say it earlier. <laughs> that's awesome. <laughs> Robbins. 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 Yeah, that's the other guy's name is Robbins. I think it's going to be one of those, to be honest. I think we won't know right away who it is, and they're going to leave us hanging. Mm-hmm. But I have a feeling it's going to be one of those. Yeah, they are definite red shirts. We don't want to lose the attack chopper pilot just yet. <laughs> Red shirt. Awesome reference. (laughs) But we got, now that you said that, we're going to go off on a different discussion because we've got Pegs who does not like uh, violence or shooting weapons and all that, but she can fly a helicopter. Mm. What if it was the chopper pilot that went down and uh, Mm. Pegs has got to fly the freaking killing machine? I think she's better equipped to do it now than she was before. That's right. And it could bring her arc around that she is going to do things that need to be done to survive. I don't think it'll be as much of a issue with her since there's a baby on the way. Mm-hmm. I, I think she's going to justify it somehow. It is a story of survival. Yes, yes, it is. <laughs> I'm just I'm gonna I'm gonna move on to a couple different segments for after uh I guess into the show coverage if you want to. That that sounds great. I, I'm kind of done with the meat Did, of the story. That's right. Did you pull any favorite lines out of the show? Because I, I, I pulled a couple. I think it's got to be Datu Fix. Datu <laughs> Fix. Okay, that's good. My uh my favorite was. When Muldoon said, Ha, not your kill. You better paint over the tally mark on the bird. Yes. <laughs> That's my favorite. He'd ar- apparently he'd already, you know, marked he got a you know, a little one. A little presumptuous. Mm-hmm. And uh the second the second one was pretty good too. It said, you know, Michael don't Michael said to Bert, you know, don't need anybody setting you on fire, mistaking you for a corpse. I thought that was pretty funny, too. Since he's running around. Bert's looking really rough right now, according to the descriptions. Yes. I wonder how he's doing without that trigger finger. uh, It sounds like he's using a left-handed shotgun. Not (laughs) left-handed shotgun, but, you know, using a shotgun in his left hand. Yeah, which is amazing. You know, I'm trying to find it real quick, too. Someone Someone on the forums talked about Bert. And they said, oh, he'll be fun. Just give him a tuna sandwich. <laughs> it brought it all the way back to the introduction of Bert. And I just, I thought it was awesome. That's great. Oh, man, he was, I forgot he was starved, wasn't he? Yeah, he's emaciated. <laughs> no, man, in the very beginning. Oh, no, in the very beginning. Um, he was uh, locked up in this. Yeah, he was just, he was kind of having a diabetic episode. Okay. But now, I mean, he's nothing. He's skin and bones. And I thought I had a zombie trope, but it wasn't. I didn't have one. 
to talk about. Did you have one? No, I was hoping that. Um, I was hoping that you would have a good one because I, I was, I kept looking for one. And I couldn't mine, find one. Mine was weak to begin with. Uh, Left for Dead was a zombie game, and it had little piano riffs during the game that were kind of a, got you emotionally when you were playing or scared you or let you knew something was coming. And then in the second one, they had the same songs, but they were in like banjo. And I was misremembering them as being in violin. I was like, oh, it's kind of cool, you know. Um, but okay. no, that wasn't it at all. Totally messed up. So I'm going to move on to ratings. Oh, real quick. I found okay. who made that comment about Bert and the tuna sandwich. Uh, it was Litmaster. He said, he'll be fine. Just a little nap and a tuna sandwich. <laughs> and my man will be right as rain. That's right. Okay, I've got my rating. I didn't know if you wanted to do a rating this show. Oof. You know, I didn't even think about it, but... Well, I'll go ahead and do mine, and if you want to think about yours. Okay. But... Okay, so... Uh, we're doing this. Um, I did it out of five. Uh, so I'm going to have to do some quick math real quick, because we're doing it out of ten. <laughs> <laughs> so, awesome. let's see. Okay, carry the... Such and such. Okay, so I gave it a 9.5. A 9.5. 9.5. I think, I mean, everything... Was great. It hit a lot of different numbers that we wanted to see. Had a lot of the characters interacting. Not a lot of the um, female characters to show. It, which I was surprised. You know, I thought we'd have more of the Lizzie stuff. But I, I understand it's a season opener. There's got to be an action sequence and stuff like that to get everybody hooked and ready to go for the rest of, the, of this season. Let's see. Uh, the only real problem I had with it, I mentioned earlier which was in the great action scene, which I loved and I don't really want it changed, but I have to apply a, a somewhat of a critical eye to this thing that I love. The action sequence was a little bit rough to follow knowing who was where and all that. So that's the only thing I can really knock it with. So I gave it a 9.5. 9.5. That's very exact going to the decimals. <laughs> well, it was, I had, I had 4.75. Because it wasn't perfect. I mean, it was good. Somebody's going to play with your math. That's right. <laughs> um, I have to give it a 10. Wow. The, shooting zombies from a helicopter just is the greatest image ever. And just to start it out that way, <laughs> just you didn't do a time jump. It got right back to where we left off. And it was awesome. It was. Got a little bit of a cliffhanger. No, I didn't. The cliffhanger really wasn't that cliffhanger to me. I was like, you got to, so we're going to have to cut her leg off. Why is this yeah. cliffhanger? I guess that, are, we are we supposed to be scared that she's going to die? Because I'm not scared now that she's going to die. You know. I was I just, a little I bit before. I just keep thinking about how difficult life is going to be for her afterwards. And then I can only. I keep I keep thinking about The Walking Dead. Mhm. Mm because of uh Herschel's leg got cut off, right? And seeing how he's getting around, it's not the best way possible, but she's younger, so it shouldn't be a huge deal and they've got better medicine. I was picturing like 
a pirate ninja <laughs> <laughs> and her just being awesome with some kind of like not dumb looking peg, but just something and kind of, you know, like little ninja stuff flying off her head. Like, you know, her just standing there directing a battle or something in all black and just being awesome still. Even so. It'd be really cool if they could find a prosthetics lab in one of the hospitals. Yeah. Especially some of the stuff, some of the stuff they're doing for the veterans. Cause, Cause you think about it uh, early on. Yeah. It's right by a military base. But early on, nobody's gonna steal prosthetics during the first raids of the hospitals. No, I wouldn't. I wouldn't think so. <laughs> this might stay there unless uh, I didn't have anything else to cover. I was gonna move on to in the news. I'm ready for in the news. All right, so in the news, don't have a whole lot of where live news other than it started. So I found something tonight. I was looking around at some cool Casey Whalen stuff and I found an interview from around from June 4th not around from June 4th and I'll put the the link to, in the show notes but he was uh, being interviewed and they're talking about him being added to the Nerdist network and how that's going to work for him and they asked him you know they kept prodding him about season 5 and he's like look guys the story's over there's no more story but I was excited that he said uh, he has more stories to tell I was a little less excited when he said he didn't know what's medium to tell them in, because I, I really like the audio drama thing he brings. But I can understand he, he was talking about wanting to sell a show that he's looking around. But he also said that he might do some side stories because he was so interested in this weird live universe he created. Uh, you remember that boat from season two, Redbeard? Oh, yes. He said there's a backstory to that he has built in his mind. Oh, and he's gonna. Are you, yeah, you're talking about his interview on the Nerdist. Uh, this this one wasn't on the Nerdist. I haven't heard his Nerdist interview. I could have swore I've heard this somewhere. I, I don't know. He, but no, he, he he has the way he talked about it. He's talked about this before. But the this, okay. the the whole boat scene though mm-hmm. was incredible. The water zombies just scared the crap out of me. I know they're just walking around down there. <laughs> what are they doing? I get stuck in the sand the beach if I'm walking around. Yeah. But these aren't your typical movie zombies. No. (laughs) But also he said, uh, he said he hasn't talked about this before. He may have talked about it since then on the Nerdist, but he said he also wants to tell a story about a group on a bus whenever the We Are Alive zombie apocalypse starts. And he just, I guess, basically how those different personalities would play off of each other. I don't know. He didn't go into great depth. But you that know, would be pretty cool. I'm not really concerned about what story's told afterwards. I'm just, I'll just be really happy a story's getting told afterwards. Yeah, I hope he sticks. I mean, I hope he's able to make the audio drama stuff work, and uh, for a living, because I know he's have, you know, he's trying to sell it here and there. Other thing in the news, <laughs> and just zombie <laughs> news in general, Plants vs Zombies Two is out. Uh, I picked it up. It's a free per- it's a free game with purchases in app. Ars Technica said, uh, and I agree that it's the perfect mix of free with monetization because you can play it, and it, you're not going to be crippled if, if you don't have uh, if you don't buy the stuff. At least not so oh. far yet. I'm not through the first section, but it's it's fun. Cool. 
There is one more thing I have for the news, and I almost forgot about it. So let's pause here for just a second while I find it, and I'll be right back. Okay, sure. Okay, so Twitter or okay, Claire Doden put out on Twitter today that she will be playing a role in the the Leviathan Chronicles. What's that? It's another audio drama. Oh, awesome. So, I guess after this ends, that's what she's going on to. So, I I haven't listened to it. I don't know much about it, but I'm going to have to get caught up into it so I can hear her play a role in it. Yeah, I'm definitely interested in that. Especially since it's got such a cool name. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, our our next section is uh, listener mail and tweets. And uh, where basically where you can send us your thoughts, predictions, and theories at wearelive at mickred.com. And um, let's see, I, we asked for some predictions and theories last week whenever we talked. And we got one person that took issue with us saying that Michael might die. It was uh, <laughs> at strongbad4423 from Twitter says, As discussed elsewhere, Michael can't die. The series begins with him recounting the story after it happened. And so we started a long conversation about that. And I was I was just trying to get him to try to explain to me, well, how is Kalani telling the story after he was dead? And, of course, it was because the journal he had left, they were, they were reading from the journal and his voice was being used. But if they're reading from the journals afterwards then they could be Michael's voice is the same way it was Kalani's voice. That didn't matter because <laughs> we are live tweeted that even a week into everything, it's still past tense when it's read from a journal. So right. it doesn't matter. I mean, and he's also said, uh, he also, I guess the conversation was going too long, tweeted, we are live tweeted this too long. Didn't read in the form of TLDR. No one is unkillable, including Michael. I still think he's going to die. I don't want him to, but... I kind of think he's going to be the one to sacrifice it all to make it good for the rest. Yep, I I think so. And poor Pegs, if she's still around at that time, she's flying a death machine through the skies. Yeah, Victor can take care of her. Uh-oh, uh, he's got Kelly. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> he can do better. He's left. One of the Ar- one of the Irwin guys. Yeah, you know, he's talked about his ex-wife before. He'd just be better off with someone else. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. And our uh, good friend of the show, Rigo Rama, posted some feedback on our first episode. said, just listen to the first podcast. Good stuff. I have a theory that Saul may be immune. He wasn't affected by the bad air. And talking about from the cracks, you know. Right. He goes on and says, I also... And Rigorama goes on and says, I also think Tanya may be immune because she didn't turn after being bitten. Probably means Saul's kid is also immune. Thoughts? That's, you know, you and I have discussed this before and that's exactly what we're thinking. I'm right there at uh, Rigorama, I think that he's immune. I don't think it's an antibiotics thing. I think Tanya's immune. Now, 
okay, now that I'm thinking about this, and I'm thinking about the scratch turning that woman, Amy, um, makes me think about Bert's arm. Didn't Bert's arm get scratched early um, on? We'll have I to wanna, look at that. Yeah, we'll have to look that up. I, I want to say that's right, but it may be that they cleaned it up right away. I mean, with Amy, she was sitting on that table for a while, and I don't think anybody knew about the scratch. Right. And Riga Rama also goes by Reagan. And there's a bunch more by Reagan, so I'm going to just use that name. <laughs> but Reagan tweets, You mentioned that Riley doesn't know about Angel, but Michael told her he was on top of the tower when it came down in episode 36. That's right. We were t- Remember we were talking about Riley was going to have a, a tough time with the news that Angel had been killed? Well, this- yeah, and I think it's the fashion that it was done to find out that he survived and then was taken out by scratch later on. I think that's going to that's going to that's going to impact her quite yeah, a bit. It definitely is, but I to be fair, I I probably did say that this black and white like oh she doesn't know he's dead, which oh, probably thought he was dead already. It may have come across like that. Yeah. And then a couple more reactions from Reagan. Nope. A couple more reactions from Reagan. Is it just me? Michael seemed to pull the trigger quick on Amy. Or seemed quick to pull the trigger on Amy. Not the same MC. This guy's not taking any more chances. That's good stuff. Also, looks like CJ won't have a leg to stand on. Sorry, I'm a little high after coming off a, a W8 withdrawal. <laughs> no leg to stand on. Oh, that's terrible. That's awful short of you. <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. Oh. Dad Reagan. (laughs) Dad Reagan. 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 Reagan? Reagan. Like Brian Reagan. Oh, really? Yes. Oh. I would would have been wrong. (laughs) And then we got a, I guess I'll call this a review of We're Alive from Reagan. After starving all summer, that episode was barely a cracker. A tasty cracker, but I'm still hungry. That's the other problem I have with the show is that it's just too short. Yeah. This episode did not seem all that short, really. But normally, they're just they could I, I could use more more way live each week. It could be an hour long, and I'll be wanting more when it's done. I mean, that's right. And that's why we're doing this show. We're having fun talking about it. We're having I mean, the interaction with the community, like you said earlier, is great. And this kind of gives us a little bit more. We are live. We can go a little deeper with everything. Yes. I'm looking forward to more listener feedback. And so feel free to reach out to us. Yes, please send us an email at we're at mickred.com. And you can find us on Twitter at WA Fancast or on iTunes. And uh, you can expect the show out every Thursday after We Are Live has been published on that Monday. Okay, hey, this is Future Mick here. I'm hopping in here for a little quick edit. Uh, I need to do a special thanks to the Two True Freaks at twotruefreaks.com. They've got a great kind of geek podcast going there. They talk about all kinds of great stuff. But anyways, uh, they have an excellent post on podcasting tips recently. And uh, it's really helped me get this show off the ground. And really, I just want to give a special thanks to Chris Honeywell, who spent a lot of time with me just going back and forth with uh, different ways to 
be able to get this show going. Also, uh, a shout out to Dead Reviews. Uh, Dead Reviews is uh, on Twitter. They're at Dead Reviews. And their YouTube channel can be found in the show notes as well as the Two True Freaks website. And they have an, actually a, an interview coming up next week with Claire Doden and Elisa Elliott, who play Riley and Pegs, respectively. Let's move on with the show. And if you are downloading this from iTunes, I know it's a pain to wait the extra day or so because iTunes is slow on releasing the new feed. But please submit your feedback and leave us a review. It helps others find us in iTunes. If you don't have anything left, Mr. Redbeard, I'm done. I'm done. All right. Talk to you all next week. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening to the We're Alive Fancast. If you would like to send feedback to the show, you can email us at we'realive at mickred.com, and we will read your mail on the show. We want to know what you think about We're Alive each week. Tweet us or email us your theories and reactions to that week's show. You can tweet us at, at WAFancast. Visit our website at mickred.com. Mickred is always spelled M-I-C-K-R-E-D. You can find the We're Alive Fancast on Facebook. Just search We're Alive Fancast. Special thanks to Kevin McLeod for letting us use his song Ghost Apocalypse in this podcast. This has been a Mickred production. The colony has food left from the Maulers, and blah. I have an incomplete note here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> <awesome>. Whoops. <laughs> we find out that there is still a chance that Hope can see when Tanya tells her not to peek under her badges or bandages. Amy, I was thinking badges. <laughs> <laughs> Perfect. All right, our uh, next section, viewer, listener mail, tweets. Whoa, hold on. Not, not viewer. <laughs> Why is viewer in? I've edited a few episodes of it to let my son allow, you know, to... <laughs> let me start over on that one. I've edited a few... On the ground, he lay there. And as he began to draw in a deep breath, he thought of one thing. <laughs>